0: We are, as we said this morning, going to continue our study in the book of Galatians. And uh, we've come to chapter 5, which a lot of that talks about liberty, which is another word for freedom, being able to live in freedom. Have Have you ever thought about The decisions that you made in your life, all the decisions in your life, and how those choices that you've made have made it ended up having the life that you have right now. Why are you living where you're living? What choices did you make that led you to have the spouse that you have right now, or the job that you have right now? It's interesting to think about those choices and and why you have the life you have right now. Sometimes it might have been just one choice you can think of back that, that caused this to happen, then that to happen, and then here you are. It's interesting to think about that. And I want to ask you to do something for me this morning. I want you to imagine what your life might have been like if you had made different choices. If you had chosen a different path, what it would have been like to live a different life? What if, after you got out of school, you decided to become an international widget salesman? And this was your your career, your job. And you were good at it. You sold stuff all over the world. Now the downside is you had to live out of hotels and motels and everything. You were moving constantly. But you got to see the world. You got you were in a different country every week almost. All the people you would meet and the things you saw in this world. That would be an interesting life, wouldn't it? I think it would be. And... What if one day you decided that you would travel to this remote country in Asia, kind of this tropical country that you hadn't been to before, because there were some companies out there interested in your product, and you think you'd make some good sales out there, so you traveled to this place, and you met with the people there, you met with some companies, and the meetings went well, looked like you sold some, made some good deals, and so you get in your rental car and head back to the airport to head home, and as you're dra- traveling along there, you see this streets just filled with people, and all these people are lining up in the streets as you drive by, and they all seem to be going in one direction. They're all going toward the center of town, and you're curious, what, where, where are these people going? and so you get your phone out and you check your flight schedule it looks like you have plenty of time so you decide to, to take a detour and go and check out where these people are going and you're driving toward the center of town and all of a sudden you see this dragon coming up out of the sky into the distance well it's not a real dragon of course it's a balloon but it looks real it looks like it could be real it's cool and so you get your phone and you take, start taking some pictures of this dragon. And as you're clicking on that last picture, you see the blur of an image of a child going across the front of your car. And you hear a scream and you slam on the brakes and you hear a thud. And you think, oh no, what have I done? And you get out of your car and you go around to the front and you look and this little girl is trapped underneath your car. So you get back in your car and there's people crowded behind them and, and and you say, get out of the way, and you back up. And you get out and you see this girl. She isn't moving. The ambulance comes and they put her on a stretcher and they carry her away. And that's when you notice... As you look up, all the people surrounding you, pointing at you, whispering, talking about you. You feel so helpless. The police come and they question you and they ask you about what happened and what you did. And and they carry you away in handcuffs. They take you to prison. And you're in a cell And you don't sleep at all that night because the images keep running through your head of everything that's happened so quickly. And at some point during the night, they come and tell you that the little girl died, and you would be charged with murder. Next day, they give you a counselor. And he tells you that this little girl's family was very, very rich, very wealthy. And they was going to seek the death penalty. And you have no rights in this country as a foreigner. And on the way to see the judge that week, you see a newspaper With your picture on it, on the front page. And a picture of that little girl you killed. And you stand before the judge. And all these witnesses come forward and say what they saw. And how they saw what you did. And they bring out your cell phone. And they show the pictures that you took. Right before that moment when your life changed and the judge asks you if you didn't see the signs you say what signs he said the signs they're posted everywhere cell phone use prohibited while driving did you not see it you say well maybe I don't know Finally, they ask you if you have anything to say in your defense. And all you can think of as you bowed your head is, I didn't mean to hurt anybody. And the judge says, Well, she's still dead, isn't she? You know you're guilty. You know it. Everyone knows it. So the judge comes back with a sentence of guilty, of murder. But he says he's not going to send you to to, to your death. You will not be killed for it. But instead, you would have to pay a fine. And you're shocked. And the whole courtroom erupts because they're angry. Because you're only going to have to pay a fine for this murder. And he says, in this country, the fines are based on the wealth of the person that you injure. And since you hurt someone that was extremely wealthy and very powerful, your fine would be $2 billion, U.S. dollars, cash. And you say, I can't pay I don't have that kind of money. There's no way I can pay that fine. He said, then you're going to have to work for it. And he sends you to hard labor, working, until you paid that fine. They put shackles and chains on your hands and shackles on your feet. And they take you to a plantation. And they strap they strap you to this big rock that has corn, dry corn under it. And they force you to pull this rock around in a circle all day. And if you stop, they beat you. And you keep going all day. And you collapse at the end of the day in your cell. And the next day, early in the morning, you get up and you start it and you do it again. And the next day, you do it again. And every day becomes exactly like the one before it. And at the end of every day, they tell you, your fine is reduced by $10. And you realize, there's no way I'm ever paying this off. You realize, I'm going to be a slave like this for the rest of my life. But every day is the same and you have no choice. You go around pulling this rock. Days, months, years pass. You don't know how long. But one day you see a reflection in a pool of water. And it's a face of an old person. Crusted and dark. Thin and malnourished with gray hair. And you don't hardly recognize it. But you know that it's you. And you cry. Because you can't remember. What your life was like. Before. And then one day. A man comes by. And he has a kind face. And you realize you don't remember seeing a kind face in a long time and he talks to you and he asks you questions about your life and when he leaves he looks at you with great compassion on his face and after he's gone they come and take your shackles off and your chains they give you new clothes they put you on an air, airplane and they send you home and you're free. You're free. What would you do? What would you do if this was your life? If this happened to you, what would you do? Maybe you would try to find your family. Try to get connected with your friends again. Maybe you would try to find that man, that kind man, who made it possible that you could be free again. Maybe you would want to thank him. Would you get on a plane and go back? Would you go back to the plantation? Would you put the straps back on and start walking around and pulling that rock again? Would you become a slave again? Would you do that? If you did that, if you decided to do that, what would that say to that man? How would that man feel, do you think? Who gave up everything he had. Because this man was rich once. He once had a lot of money. But he gave it all up. He gave up everything he had. So that you could be free. If you went back. And became a slave again. What what would that say to him? How would he feel? You see, this is the problem that the Apostle Paul was dealing with in the book of Galatians. This is why he was so passionate, like Yancey said. You were a slave. You were guilty of sin. You were a slave to sin. Guilty of breaking God's law. And you had a debt you could never pay. And Jesus gave everything to set you free from that. So that you're no longer under bondage, but free. And Paul says here in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1, he says, stand fast therefore in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. And do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. He says, if you go back, if you go back to circumcision, go back to the law, if you go back to all that, he says in verse 4, then you've become estranged from Christ, you who attempt to be justified by the law. You have fallen from grace. Christ has given everything to make you free, and if you go back to slavery again, under the law, and try to pay for your debt yourself. He says that that grace then means nothing to you. He said he died for you and it meant nothing. His death doesn't mean anything to you if you go back to trying to pay for it Why would you do that? Why would you go back? Why would you return to slavery to pay a debt that you could never pay? Guilt, maybe? Guilt might cause you to do that. What if if every night you woke up and you kept seeing an image of that little girl? What if you couldn't get the image of that girl that you killed out of your head? What if if you kept kept thinking that you didn't pay for your crime? You didn't pay for it. You still owe. And you didn't pay for it because you didn't pay for it. What if you couldn't get Beyond thinking that you still owed the people something that you hurt. The people that you hurt, you owed them. Because you do. You see, feelings of guilt can be very powerful. Feelings of guilt can cause you to do something that you wouldn't normally do. You know, the Apostle Paul, who wrote this letter to the Galatians, he understood guilt. Paul understood guilt very well. In fact, Paul might have understood guilt better than anybody. The Apostle Paul used to go out and hunt Christians, basically. He would go and find them. He would find men that claimed to be Christians, and he would bring them in. Throw them in prison and have them tortured and beaten until they claimed that they didn't believe in Jesus anymore. And if they refused to renounce Christ, he would have them stoned to death. The Apostle Paul would go out and find women who had nursing children, and he would drag them out of their house, and he would take these women and have them stoned to death just because they were Christians. This was Paul who was writing this letter. And Paul, in the book of Acts, toward the end of the book of Acts, he talks about his life. When Paul became a Christian, when Paul was converted, when Paul believed in Jesus and was baptized and obeyed the gospel. It changed Paul. He was born again. In the book of Acts, chapter 20, he calls all the elders of the church of Ephesus together. And he talks to them. And he tells them what Jesus showed him was coming for him in his life. And He tells them this He says and indeed now I know That you all Among whom I have gone preaching The kingdom of God will see my face No more Therefore I testify to you This day That I am innocent Of the blood of all men How could he say that How could Paul say That he was innocent Knowing everything that he did could he say that? You see Paul understood how great Jesus's sacrifice was. He understood that. Paul understood that Jesus didn't just pay your fine so that you could technically go free. Jesus took your guilt away and put it on himself. took all of your guilt, put it on himself, became guilty for you, went and paid for your punishment, and died because of your guilt. That's what Jesus did for you. So if you accepted that free gift of Jesus, was buried and died with him in baptism, If you accepted that, then you're no longer guilty. And the law of sin and death has no hold on you. The Galatians knew this once. They once knew this. They understood it. They obeyed the gospel and they rejoiced in this. Galatians 5 and verse 7. He says, you ran well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion does not come from him who calls you. Who was it that told you to go back? Paul knew. Paul knew who it was. He wanted them to think about it. He wanted them to think about who it was that told them to go back. It wasn't Jesus. It wasn't God. that told them to go back. So what do you do? What do you do with those feelings? What do you do? In verse 5, he says, For we through the Spirit eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. We wait for God. We wait for God. And that faith, he says, works through love. In the rest of Galatians, Paul says how this love works. You know, after Jesus fed a whole multitude of people, <clears throat> they asked them what they must do to do the works of God. They said to him, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? And Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God, that you believe in Him whom He sent. Believe in Jesus. Believe in His sacrifice for you. Believe that His sacrifice took away your guilt. Believe it. Believe it with all your heart. Don't ever doubt that. And He says that faith, that kind of faith, Will produce love. It will produce love in you. Love for God for sending His Son to you. Love for Jesus for giving His life for you. And love for other people who are in the same place that you are. Other people who need grace who need forgiveness, who need mercy, who need love, just like you do. Show people the love of God. Show them the love that he talks about in 1 Corinthians 13. Show them patience. Show them patience like God had patience with you. Show them mercy. Show them kindness the way God was kind to you. Remember everything that God has given you that you don't deserve. And because of that, have humility, not pride. But don't envy what other people have. Don't covet other people's things but rather rejoice with them have joy when other people succeed see this is the kind of love that faith in God produces it's the kind of love that's written on your heart that you see all the time that's how this faith works through love then in verse 13, in verse 13, Paul warns us not to use that liberty, not to use that freedom as an excuse to sin. He says, for you, brethren, have been called deliberately, liberty. Only oh, do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Do you remember? Do you remember the first time your parents left you alone at home? Do you remember that? I remember that. I remember it because it was a really big deal. I was excited to be home by myself I remember being a little guy just strutting around the house acting like I owned it all I could throw my clothes out in the middle of the floor who's going to stop me I could yell as loud as I wanted and I did, I yelled I remember it, I remember it so clear. I could turn my music up as loud as I wanted and sing just as loud. I could go get the milk out of the refrigerator and drink it right out of the carton. Just leave it there. I'm going to leave it on the counter. I'm not putting it back. Why would I? I'm not putting it back. I remember how exciting that was. But it didn't last. It didn't last because I knew that I had to clean it all up before my parents got home. We have to grow up. We have to grow up spiritually. We have to come to understand how great that sacrifice was for us and because we understand that we respond in love not because we're trying to keep the law not because we're trying to make sure we're keeping those laws when he comes back but because we love him we understand What he has done for us. See, this is the new command. This is the new command that Jesus gave us on his knees when he washed the disciples' feet. This is the seed. This is the seed that God planted in hope. God hoped that when you saw what he did for you, when you saw how much love he had for you, that you would love him back. He hoped that you would call him father. He hoped that you would be adopted as his child. And as his child, he hoped that you would want to be like him. He hoped that you would want to love like he loved. You know, all of us have made different choices in life. We've all had very different lives. You may not have been an international salesperson that traveled the world killing children. You may not have been a slave in a prison with a debt you couldn't pay. But you have been a slave to sin. And you know, sin has consequences. People get hurt because of sin. You can't do anything about the choices you've made in the past, that's over. But you're in complete control of the choices you make starting today. Those are yours to decide. Choose to love people. Choose to be more loving and kind to people. Choose to love people like Jesus loved you. You can do that. It doesn't matter what circumstance you're in. You can choose to love people. All people. No matter what. You see, your life and the lives of everybody you touch will change depending on the choices that you make starting today. You know, if you've been living with guilt, if you're living with guilt today, Know that God doesn't want you to do that. God doesn't want you to live with guilt. Not after everything he's done for you. And he has a plan. He has a way to remove that guilt. He's it away. He said, if you confess your sins, he is faithful to forgive your sins. God can't lie that's what he said believe it believe it with all your heart and don't live with guilt don't go back to trying to pay the debt that you owe yourself because you can't pay it and it's already been paid this is all I have this morning I hope, I hope it's been helpful to you if you would like the prayers of the church If you'd like for us to pray for you, we would be glad to do that. If you have a spiritual need this morning, don't be ashamed. We're all in the same boat. Come forward, sit on the front pew as we stand and sing.